Good morning, New Life Manitou. My name's Brett. Um, hi. Hi, you guys are all new friends. If you're new, um, so am I you know, for the last couple of months, so welcome. Um, would you guys stand um, as we read the scripture this morning? Today's scripture is in the fifth chapter of the letter to the Galatians. Oh man, there's stuff up here. Oh, thank you. It's in the fifth chapter, uh, starting in verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are, n- you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. This is God's word. Would you remain standing as we pray? Lord, you are... God, we worship you, and as we look to reorganize and rethink about our lives as the new year begins, 2018, Lord, may we do some of these phrases in this passage that we would serve in love, walk by the Spirit, and be led by the Spirit. Lord, we pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Today we're starting a new sermon series, kind of a big vision casting sermon series for these next three weeks. It's called the Reach Sermon Series, and it has to do with serving and telling and inviting people into the kingdom of God. It is an outreach service, outreach message, and so if you reach your hand out, you're reaching beyond yourself to someone else, and so we've called it this Reach Sermon Series because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about in these next three weeks, and it goes along with what we've originally been saying. If you've been with us at New Life Church or as we've planted New Life Manitou, how many of you were there the first Sunday Easter to a couple hands? Wow, so most of us are new. So this is worth saying again and again and again that our strategy for church is three words. It's our motto. It's what we think about doing. It's three words, worship, Connect and serve. Good. So, so it's it's sticking a little bit. So we, as a church, when when we planted this thing, I've never planted a church before. Felt a lot of times like I was just kind of force gumping our way through a church plant. Like, how do we do this? I don't know. Well, let's worship the Lord. Let's connect with each other and let's serve each other and let's serve the city. And and we, if you remember back, some of you around in some of those meetings, like, how are we going to plant a church? Well, let's let's get together and let's just worship God. Let's let's bring people together, and it's all about him. I I love today, the very first song, the very first words said, let our worship be your welcome. Lord, come here, and we are going to worship you. It's all about the Lord. First and foremost, we worship, and then as we've progressed as a church, 
We've connected with one another. Think about the men's ministry downstairs right now, cooking pancakes and whatever. Down, like they're connecting. They're buddies down there. There's a women's ministry that meets in our house. My wife leads a women's ministry. Another women's, uh, it's a parenting ministry starting soon. There's a small group that we know each other and we connect with each other. And finally, there's this element of service. It's not something new we're going to start doing. It's something we're going to continue to do. So today's message is really all about serving, finding one place to serve serve as we talk about this over the, this sermon series is, is three weeks long. And then for the next three months, we're going to continually remind each other about these things, serving, telling, and reaching. So this sermon series is called the Reach Campaign, serving, uh, telling, and inviting. And I think when we do this, if, if we're on board with this as a church reaching out, something happens that's kind of a science word called synergy. Have you heard of this word before? Don't worry, I won't make you uh, define it. But it's a physics word. It's a, I, I, I was a biology major in, in college, which, by the way, if, you're, if any of you want to be a pastor, that's a great degree to get, <laughs> biology. But it's... And, <laughs> Synergy is this. Let me read for you the definition. When the whole is greater than the simple sum of the parts. And so if we are acting together in one unison and doing these things as a part of this REACH campaign, as part of this REACH sermon series, we are all thinking about ways to serve and ways to share our faith and tell about the kingdom of God. And if we are looking for ways to invite people in, then something is going to happen that's pretty cool. Synergy is going to happen and more fruit is going to uh, be available and, and more fruit is going to come than it would if it was individually together. So let me share a story with you. So in seventh grade, there was a contest and it was boys against girls in this classroom. And the point was to talk about the word synergy. So the seven, seventh grade, how old are you in seventh grade? 13, it's early teens. So it was boys against girls. And it, at least for me, like I didn't like the girls at that age. And, and so it was like, we gotta beat the girls. And the competition was paper airplane making. Okay. So all the guys got on one side of the room, all the girls got on the other side of the room. And the guys were told, pick five of your best guys who can make paper airplanes. And girls, you pick five of the best girls that make, can make paper airplanes. And, and I was one of the five uh, that could make paper. I don't mean to brag, but it's just, just telling the truth. I'm really good at <laughs> making paper airplanes. And so five guys were chosen in, in the group. And so we had the stack of paper. And I think it was like, we were given like four minutes or five minutes to make as many paper airplanes as we could. Those were the instructions. Like guys, just start one by one making paper airplanes, those five guys, five minutes, how many paper airplanes can you make? Is it more than the girls? And the girls were given a little more coaching. They, they were going to represent this term called synergy. And so the teacher sat down with the girls and said, girls, here's what you're supposed to do. Girls, you, the five of you just do individual parts of this paper. It was kind of like a little assembly line kind of thing. Girls, you get together. So you take a piece of paper and one girl just folds it. Like that's all. The one girl, just fold it and pass it. Fold it, pass it. Fold it, pass it. And the next girl, you like do this fold and then do this fold and then you pass it. And then the next girl does this, turns it over, makes this fold and this fold, and then passes it, and the final girl completes it. And so each girl is, is making just individual folds. And so you finally get a paper airplane. Anybody? Oh, look how good it flies. Yes! 
anyways, so the boys are all doing their thing. And so the, the teacher says, go, and so starts the stopwatch, five minutes. And, and the boys just start, like, like rest, you know, every boy, including me, I was one of the five, if, if I didn't mention that already. <laughs> folding, folding, going, going. And we have this stack of paper airplanes. And the teacher yells, stop. And we look at our pile, and we high-five each other. Look at this pile. And then we look at the girls' pile. And it was, I kid you not, at least twice as big as our pile. And we were just like, no, why? How could we have lost? How could, what went wrong? And I learned, and I think as a class, we learned a very important lesson that morning about synergy. When people are working together and on the same page and doing individual parts and have one mind about something, then a lot more can get done. It's the definition that the whole is greater than the simple sum of the parts. And so by talking about this thing, by looking at 2018 and saying, let's serve and tell and invite. And if we can do this as a congregation, there will be great fruit that will be shed, the great fruit that will be reaped much more than individually if we were just all doing our own thing. So let's talk about serving. Point one today is this, serving is the end and the means. It's this, this phrase, serving is the end and the means. First point this morning, and, and what I mean by that is that our lives as Christians, it's all about serving. We end with, like, we want to serve, and while we are serving, that in and of itself is the ends and the means. A very important thing in our life is serving. I think about, uh, like, a cure-all, like, like things that don't, don't really exist, like something that you take that cures all of your things. But if it could exist, if there was something that was like, this really helps in all areas of life, I think it would be serving. I, th I think about people who are servants, and I think about, well, they're some of the happiest people I know. Some of the people that go out of their way to serve other people with their time, they're the happiest people I know. They're the most fulfilled people I know. Some of the, like, I think about people struggling with either depression or self-loathing or, or are people just struggling in, in life with various things? Oftentimes, as a pastor, I'll, I'll say, well, have you found a place to serve? Have you found a place to look beyond yourself and serve there? Because that really will help in life. It really will get your eyes off of yourself and looking to other people. And I'm, I'm arguing that it, serving is not just the end. It is the means as well. It is lots of our faith and life wrapped up together. So if you want to get life right, if you want to live according to God's plan, if you want to get your calling right, if you want a revelation from God, if you want to be like him, well then serve. Mark 10.45 says this, for even the son of man did not come to be served. So what are we talking about here? This is Jesus himself. The son of man did not come to serve, to be served, excuse me, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we just went through the Christmas time, the Christmas season, where we celebrate Jesus coming to earth. And what did he do? He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. Did, did he demand to be served? No, instead he served us. So if you want to be like God, if you want to be like Jesus, well then let's serve. Matthew 23, 11 says this, the greatest among you will be your servant. So if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, will then serve. And then let, let me remind us of what we just read, Brett read for us. Galatians 5, brothers and sisters, we were called to be free, 
Now think about that for just a second. Pause there. If we were called to be free, usually it's like, well, now you're free. Go out and party. Like if you, you turn 21, like the world says, well, now you're free. You're, you, you know, go out, have a good time, go crazy. Before you weren't allowed to do this, this, and this, but now you have the freedom to do so. So go crazy, right? Well, this passage says, well, use your freedom. Brothers and sisters, we are called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, but rather serve one another humbly in love. Think about that and let it resonate in you and in your soul and what you think about today. That we've, we've been given freedom, and so use that freedom to serve. What a, what a verse, what, a, what the, this idea of joy coming when we serve. And then it says this, for the entire law, the Old Testament law, the whole, you know, God wanting us to do all these things, keeping his commands, the whole law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And I'll get to this point in a second that that love comes with serving. We, we serve whatever we love. And this is a call to all of us, I think. Whoever we are, myself included, if I, if I start talking about serving, someone starts talking about serving, well, at least in my mind, I start thinking about, well, I serve here and there. You know, I have a family. I serve. I have a wife, and I, I try to serve her. I have uh, things that I volunteer with, and those are service things. And, and what I'm saying to us as a congregation, me included, is let's take one more step together. Let's, find, let's, let's, let's remember the ways we have served, but let's take one more step and find a new place to serve as well. Let's serve even more as a congregation. So the second point is this. We serve what we love. Point two is this. We serve what we love. I'm going to get to this question asking us, to think about this and contemplate, do we really love God? And I'll ask myself this, do, do I really love God? Do I really love people is the second part of that question. Do we really love God and do we really love people? Because if we really do, then this just comes naturally. The definition of love, right? Like I can say something like, I love sunflower seeds. Anybody else? <laughs> My wife hates them, but I love I love sunflower seeds. And I could say like, and I also love, I, I love uh, hiking and adventure. I love caving up, up our road in Manitou are all these caves. And I'm, I'm part of a caving club. I know it sounds nerdy, but it's something, I, I love that. I love doing that. So I could say, I love caving. I love sunflower seeds. And with the same word, I can say, and I love my wife, Erica. And those are three very, very different ways of loving something, right? Right? I'm not, so it's the same word in English. And I think there's, uh, we, we just kind of flippantly throw it around like, oh, I love this. I love church. I love my wife. I love uh, pizza. I love uh, burritos. And, and all these different things and ways we love. But it's different every, every time. And I think about the highest form of love. I think if we watched... Um, Hollywood and the movies and just kind of listen to people and talk to people. I think your average person today in America, if you said, well, what's the highest type of love? I think most of them would say, well, probably like a romantic love. Like when you're in love, you have this feeling and you're attracted to someone and that's the highest type of love. But there's yet one type of love that is even higher than that. It's described in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is patient, love is kind. It it does not envy, it doesn't boast. It is not self-seeking. There is a love that's even higher than a romantic love. It's the kind of love that is a selfless giving type of love. And if you love something with that kind of love, you're just going to naturally 
serve that thing or that being or God or a person. I think about uh, weddings. Uh, I've been a pastor for a few years, and before being a pastor in Manitou, I was the young adults pastor at the New Life North, and I got to do a lot of weddings. I counted up this week. I think I've done over 70 weddings, which is quite a few. There's some people I've married in this very room, which is kind of cool. Um, so I've done a lot of weddings, and if you ever go to a wedding that I officiate, I think almost every word, every sentence, at least every other sentence is about this higher type of love. Like today you're witnessing this couple and they are going to serve each other. That's really what marriage is about. Today you're witnessing this couple dying to each other. Today you're witnessing this couple exchanging rings and rings are worn every day as a reminder to the devoted service and life to the other person. I think about uh, in our world, in our society, that, that is not, that's not the norm. I think people in their romantic, uh, romanticized uh, version of what love is, is that this other person is just there to make me happy. And I'll listen for that. Usually to, to, to get married by me, there's some sort of premarital counseling. It's just a couple sessions and, and most couples dread it and they just kind of sit there awkwardly like, what's he gonna ask us? Is he gonna ask us about how we're doing intimately? I don't want to talk about that. And, and they just kind of like look at the floor and look away from each other whenever like an awkward question is asked. And just me being pastoral, I say, okay, we don't need to talk about that. We'll talk about that later or not at all. Don't worry. But what I want to talk about is what do you think marriage is going to be like? And, and most people just know the right answer. It's like, oh, well, we're here to serve each other. That's the right answer. That's what you want to hear. But I'll be listening for other things. Like, like actually what you're saying is you think that she's just there to make you happy and you, you think that he's just there to make you happy and you're going to live happily ever after once you get married and, and there's going to be no work required in your relationship after you get married. How silly. Like, we as humans, like, it requires work. It requires serving one another to live together. And my, 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 the point of this point here is we serve that which we love. I think about in my uh, years of being a pastor, uh, I, I got to help a lot of people through, young, young adults through various addictions, whether drugs or sex or alcohol or pills. Or, and I, I've seen a, a long road of recovery for lots of individuals, young adults, through my time as a pastor. And one guy kind of stands out is years ago, years and years ago, he was addicted to pills, narcotics, and he would do anything to get these pills. And he would, he would have seasons where he was doing good and free from, from the addiction. And then he would get right back in and, and go right back down that road of addiction. And he, at one time, stole a bunch of stuff from his parents to, to get money for the pills. And his parents kicked him out of the house. And then like a month later, he broke into his parents' house to steal stuff just to get money for the pills, and, and the police were called, the police came and got him, he went to jail, and he talks to me, I visited him, and he just talks about how his own revelation is just, I, I love the pills so much that in comparison to everything else, I hate that. Like it's, like it's like I hate my parents, but I don't. But in my comparison with my love of this addiction, it's like I hate other people and I, I hate myself because of I'm addicted. Like he was just going through the, this, this philosophical 
thing in his head of like, I, I guess I love these pills so much that I'll do anything to get them. And even in jail, I saw him do good for a couple days and then do bad. And then he, he, he slipped up in jail even. And he, he just kind of did the unthinkable. He, he started eating a bunch of stuff. He, he told me that he ate a couple plastic forks and went down into his belly and they had to be removed and they cut him up. And so as, 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 as he had hoped, he got more pills because of his pain and just thinking about addiction and, and the horribleness of, of being addicted to something. And, and isn't that true? Like, don't, I guess, in a way, he was serving those pills. He would do anything to get them to be fulfilled from, in that addiction. In a way, he loved those pills so much, he would do anything to serve them. And I think about in my own life, like, do I love God like that, would I do anything for God and for other people? Do I really love God and people so much that I would do anything to serve them and to, to, to make them happy? John 12, 26 says this. It's the words of Jesus. He says, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. If you want to be close to God, you will serve and you will serve God and serve people. My father will honor the one who serves me. The basis for this whole series is love. If we, we truly love the church, if we truly love God, if we truly love others, then of course we will, we will serve and we will tell other people about the kingdom. And of course we will invite other people in because this is the greatest thing that's ever existed. Like the kingdom of God and church and serving God, it's an outreach. It's all on the basis of love. I think about sometimes people on the outside of Christianity look in to us and say, oh, those, those goody two-shoe Christians are always, you know, they have all these rules and, and they obey the rules. And, and don't you ever get sick of obeying the rules? And I've, I've had conversations with people that aren't Christians looking in. It's like, don't you ever just want to have fun? Don't you? You know, why are you just always you know, about all these rules? I think about it as like maybe a, a, like a teenager that has the, the quintessential job in the house of taking out the trash, right? So dad's like, take out the trash. It's piling up. Take out the trash. And the teenager's like, okay, fine, dad. Just to get you to stop yelling at me, I'll take out the trash. And, and, and so the trash is, is there and, and dad continues to, to bug. You know, it's like a daily or weekly thing. Take out the trash. And the kid's finally fed up with, I hate these rules. I hate, you know, I hate the rules. I hate having to take out the trash. I'm not going to do it. And then the trash piles up, right? And it starts to stink and it's like falling over. It's like staining stuff. It's really gross. And the kid comes to this realization. It's like, oh, this is actually for the good of the whole household. This is actually for me too. If I take out the trash, I won't stink in my own home. So it's like this one level of realization. It's like, oh, this is serving the house, taking out the trash is actually a good thing for me. It's actually a good thing for the whole house. But then there's another realization I think if, if we can get this, that if we truly love our Father in heaven, if we truly love the people in our family, the church community, and just people on this earth, then we will just naturally want to serve them. We will want to take out the trash because we know how great it is when trash is outside and not inside. Last point here, point number three. I'll wrap it up here and then we'll go have some pancakes Number three, serving makes space for the Holy Spirit's work. Serving makes space for the Holy Spirit's work. If we serve and, and tell and invite, and this is the next, the, the next three weeks, uh, next two weeks, including this one will be three, serve, tell, and invite. 
if we are on the basis of love, if we love God and, and love uh, other people, when we do these things, it will make room for the Holy Spirit's work. I think about this is not something new that we're trying out right now. Like that we have been serving as a church. I listed some things that stood out just this last year. Um, the, the men's group uh, gathered some of their own money and went out and bought some gifts for, for some people and, and, and a couple, a bunch of different families. They showed up at the house just with extra gifts to give. And it's like, wow, that was so cool. And the men were high-fiving each other and just talking about how much joy it brought them to bring joy to other people. We found out that there was a girl in, in, that came to Manitou and, and she came to Manitou to go to a special, uh, like a Christmas dinner. We found out amongst th- these other kids that there was one girl that stood out. She had been, this year, had been attacked by some dogs and, and her face was disfigured and her head was disfigured. Just a horrible situation. Um, and we found out about that. I found out about that through another pastor here in Manitou. And we, some of you probably don't even know this, but we as a church, we pitched in some money and just gave this single mom that has this daughter a check. And we got to hear like, wow, this changed this, this woman's life. How wonderful it was around the holidays to get a big check from New Life Church, a church that she doesn't even probably know about, church that she doesn't go to. We got to do that because we serve. I think about uh, the men's ministry right now, like downstairs serving and making pancakes. I think about over this last year, there's been a couple cleanup days in Manitou, and some of us have shown up and just cleaned up the parks or the creek. I think about uh, every week there's a pantry in Manitou and New Life Church Manitou. We, we've we've brought some volunteers. I'm looking around. I've seen some people there that that have that have taken some some time on their Wednesdays to serve at a pantry. This is nothing new that we're that we're talking about here, but but a kind of continuation, like, like let's find places as a church where we can serve. We printed off these things last night. It's a, a little sheet with uh, all these different areas where we can serve just to get our, our thoughts, our mind. Like, what are we talking about here? There's, there's different areas. So some of these are internal. Some of these are external. Uh, like I, we put on here the Tuesday prayer. Like that's an act of service, coming and praying over our city. That's, that's an act of service. And Sarah Martin's email is on this sheet as well uh, to find out where, where her house is to pray. There's the food pantry on Wednesdays. There's meal trains that we're a part of. There's, there's as a part of our service, there's scripture reading and communion. There's, there's an annual fruitcake toss in Manitou that we are going to bring some volunteers to. There are things to serve in Manitou with this outlook of, I'm just going to open up myself to serve and allow the Holy Spirit to work. I mean, you think about some of these things like, well, I guess anybody, anybody that can read can read a scripture. I guess anybody, you know, that can, can hold the communion and, and say, Christ's body broken for you, that's not that big of a deal. But it is because serving makes space for the Holy Spirit. Let me close with this story. Um, so, so the downtown—I guess it's that way—downtown uh, Manitou, the um, the town hall on Thanksgiving Day and on Christmas Day, the Salvation Army, this this Christian denomination, puts on uh, a meal for anybody who wants to come. So if, if you don't have a uh, family to celebrate with, you can go down there. If you just can't afford a Thanksgiving or a Christmas meal, you can go down there. It's for anybody. It's just anybody that wants to have a meal. And so on Thanksgiving, uh, some of us were there um, helping out. Uh, I signed up and uh, went down there on Thanksgiving Day, spent like uh, just an hour, just under an hour, 
serving, and it was amazing. Like, it was just such a small thing, kind of a quintessential, like, around Thanksgiving, let's, let, let's uh, serve somewhere. So I went down for an hour and just served, and there was literally hundreds of people there to serve. It was so cool to see everyone smiling and saying, what can I do next? How can I help? What can and there's, like, too many cooks in the kitchen, like, in a good way. It was just kind of a fun environment. Hundreds of people there to serve, and, and there's, like, a 100 or so there to eat. And But it was so cool to see all the servants. I thought, wow, that's so cool. I guess they don't need anybody, you know, any more servants. So on, on, on Christmas Day, I was just like, I'm just going to walk down and I'm, I'm just going to shake hands and just be Pastor Joe. I'm going to smile. And if the situation presents itself, I'll pray for people, but I'm just going to smile and shake hands and make my way around the room. And, and little Max, he, he wanted to come. And so me and Max, he's two years old, we went down. And on the way, I just prayed, Lord, would you use this, this, this small act of, of serving? Would you use this today, Lord, to, to just uh, allow your Holy Spirit to work? And as I was praying that and thinking that, I saw a guy walking, and I knew him, and he's kind of a kind of a rough guy. I found out he is homeless, um, but but I said, "Hey, what are you doing?" And he said, "Merry Christmas," and he said, "Merry Christmas," and we started chit chatting a little bit, and, and I said, "Why don't you come join us? There, there's a meal. Uh, do you want to join us?" And he his just eyes lit up. He's like, "Are you serious? There's a meal? Yeah, I would love a meal." And he said, "I was I was planning on eating these oranges, but they're frozen." And I was like, why do you have frozen oranges in your pocket? And I said, uh, and he gave one to me and I held it. And I was like, yeah, this thing is rock hard. Like, where'd you get this frozen orange? And he put it back in his pocket and he kind of mumbled something. And I said, did, did you sleep outside last night? And he said, yeah, I, I, I slept down there around over by the bridge. And I was like, oh, I'm so, come get warmed up. Come have a meal with us. There's, there's a bunch of people and we're eating a meal. And as we walked closer to the town hall, there was like the signs out for the Salvation Army and, and, and people going in and out, kind of just a big crowd. And he said, oh, they're, they're going to do this on, on Christmas Day. They're going to do a big meal like this. And I said, bro, today is Christmas. Like today, it's Christmas. And he said, oh, and you, I could just tell he's embarrassed. Like, oh, Merry Christmas. And I was like, yeah, Merry Christmas. And, and we went in and, and we sat down together and we shared a meal and we got to talk about, I, I just kept telling him, like, I really think the Lord loves you. And, and be encouraged. And he, he talked about some Christmas memories. And, and it just, you could tell he was just so, like, like he lifted, his spirit lifted. He had planned to eat a frozen orange. And here he's being welcomed into this meal. And I just thought, Lord, thank you that I got to serve someone, just lead someone to a meal on Christmas Day who didn't even know it was Christmas. Like, just think about that. And you're just like, wow, this... This is a, a real deal. Like in our city are some very real needs. And if we can be led by the Holy Spirit and, and Lord, that you would lead us into these places to serve, something really awesome is going to happen that's even much bigger than what we can imagine. Would you bow your head with me in, in prayer? Lord, this morning we, with bowed heads before you, Lord, we, we humble ourselves before you and we say, Lord, would you use us, use simple things that we just think are, are easy to us, but Lord, would you use them as acts of service to, to break in to the kingdom of God and, and let your heavens declare the glory of how good and awesome you are. You are the God of all. You are the Lord of all. Lord, would you use us as your servants? Lord, we praise you. We worship your holy name. Amen.
Would you stand with me? We're together going to say this um, prayer that's going to be on the screen, and we'll, we'll say it, we'll pray it in unison. And, and my hope is this, that, that whenever we do something like this that's liturgical, we, we wouldn't just do it out of a rote kind of uh, memory, but we would lean into these words and pray them as we're saying them together. So let's pray it together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought and word and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name, amen.